On today's show, we have another great interview segment from Mr. Scott Dimming. This week, Scott's going to talk to Scott Steyer from Trademasters Mechanical about growing up in the trades, challenges starting a new company just a few short years ago, and setting up processes to save money and time. Take it away, Scott. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Cracking the Code, the official interview series of Contractor University powered by EGIA. I am your host, Scott Deming. With me today from Trade Masters Mechanical, Mr. Scott Steyer. Let's bring the young man in. Scott, how you doing, my friend? Not too bad yourself, Scott. Doing great. And great I appreciate name, by the way. I'm sorry. Great name, by the way. Uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't have a hard time remembering this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's really awesome to have you here, and I appreciate you. I know you're getting smoking busy up there right now, uh, so I, I, you know, I do appreciate you taking the time to spend with us, Scott. Uh, I, like all these interviews, it's meant to hopefully give one or two tips, tricks, processes, whatever it is that is you find is helping you to move your business, move the needle. I'll offer some advice to some of the folks that are watching this, and hopefully they'll get one or two takeaways, nuggets that they can bring back and apply themselves. But before we get started, what I always like to do is I like to hear a little bit about uh, the person I'm interviewing. So everybody's got a story. Everybody started somewhere. Y'all didn't just one day decide, I'm, I'm going to own an HVAC company. You, you got into it somehow at some point. But uh, according to what I read on you, you've got quite a history in HVAC. HVAC. So if you don't mind, give us a little bit of the Scott Steyer story. Absolutely. Well, I started out in HVAC when I was born, pretty much. My father owned two businesses throughout my life. And uh, so, you know, going through that, I was in the trades right from a young age. And I uh, even went into here, we've got a program in high school where people can get into the trades to get their credits towards their schooling kind of thing. And uh, I took advantage of that and started my trade and refrigeration. And uh, after high school, I went and got my uh, college in HVAC refrigeration design. And um, and then from there, I went on to the tools. I wanted to gain the experience to understand the industry and what goes into doing the work. So I've worked on everything from residential home systems to, to light, large commercial, industrial, even in the gas plant industry up in the northern parts of Alberta. So you know, I've got a lot of experience in the industry. And once uh, I had, as uh, as I like to say, my uh, entrepreneurial seizure started up Trade Masters back in 2019 with, with my uh, with my old man. So and, wait, hold uh, on. I, 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 have to, I have to interrupt you. I, I, I read that in your in your <laughs> bio, your entrepreneurial seizure. Uh, mm -hmm. What was that? That was just like this epiphany. You just like you, you couldn't go on any longer without doing your own thing. That's it. I just, uh, you know, and then my dad's getting older too. So it's always been a dream of ours to start up a company together. So, so, so it was the time. Yeah. So now, now talk to us about, you know, like when you started Trade Masters, Trade Masters, you know, where you started, what, what it did, what it's doing now, if you don't mind. Well, starting up, I hired a, a few friends of mine that I'd worked with in the industry that I knew who did good quality work. And, um, you know, we started rolling, started marketing, you know, kind of on your first things, whether that be on social media, or, you know, local uh, rural newspapers, that kind of stuff, as well as uh, right out of the gate, we I'd saved up to design a website and professional logo and uh, and to be able to afford a few months of paying for Google paid ads. So it gave us a good head start out of the gate. And, um, you know, the first few months we grew up to enough to keep the two guys busy without me having to be in the field too much. 
and uh, and then COVID hit, and we had lockdowns and all that good stuff. So that yeah. was a challenge for sure. How how did you learn? You, so you did all of your own marketing, your social media, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you How did you learn that? Did you just kind of learn as you went, or did you get Did you Did you go to school for that, or did you have somebody help you out? Did you hire a firm to educate you on that? How did that happen? Well, we hired a firm to to help us with the the logo and the design mm-hmm. and building the website, and then um, you know my dad had some experience with marketing and working with with marketing companies in the past. So we decided to find a, a company that's local here in Edmonton to take care of the marketing for, for Google and SEO services. So we put that investment in right away, which was, was a very big asset helped very much. Did that, so did you do SEO as well as SEM? Do you know, you know the difference, don't you? So uh, we haven't done SEM yet. We're just doing the SEO, getting that all this year. It should be, really polished up and then we'll head into the next stages. So the SEO, for those who don't know and, and want to start getting into some sort of search engine uh, marketing and advertising, SEO is search engine optimization. It just means that they do what they can with different uh, keywords and so forth to build your to build your presence so that when the, the more people type in uh, HVAC uh, contractor near me, your name will f- move further and further and further up to the front page. SEM is search engine marketing where you pay per click. So instead of being it being organic, it's an actual ad. And you'll see at the at the at the top, if yours comes up, it'll say ad. But it gives all the same information. And when people click on it, they go right to your website. And you can build in a lot of other things as well. For example, if you're doing SEM, you build all these different uh, kind of uh uh, you know, the diff- different uh, analytics where you, you could actually know wh- where people called from, you know, when people were searching for you, how many people were searching for you, where they were located. So there's a lot to be done. Personally, I've been doing it for so long, not me doing it, hiring firms that I just picked up on how it works. I would recommend anybody getting into this that they hire somebody to do it because you'll spend all your time doing you know online marketing and not enough time in your business taking care of your customers so are you finding is there any particular type of uh online marketing social media that you're feeling is working better than any others well back up just a second i um I said a mistake there, but we we are doing both SEO and SEM. Oh, good. Uh, we started we started with SEM out of the gate, and then started building SEO. So I got it backwards in my head there. That's <laughs> usually that's usually how you do it. You've got to get some immediate uh, impact when people search. You got to pop up on that one front top one or two pages. Uh, so that's usually how most companies start with the SEM. And then once you start getting, you know, the the revenues coming in, you can invest in the SEO. But what is, are you doing Facebook advertising or are you doing any other kind of marketing that you feel is helping you? Uh, yeah, we're just trying to be everywhere. So uh, we have really good Facebook marketing platform as well as Instagram. Um, we're utilizing our version of Craigslist, which is Kijiji in this area. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of different forms of that that we're on. Um, you know, we're on Google. We're we're in uh, local newspapers in the rural ones because well, it's too expensive to be in the big city, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, when you're at a startup, so those are what we found as well as doing some guerrilla marketing, going putting yard signs up and putting pull tabs up and. Good for you. And uh, just making sure we're all over the place. Good for you. Hey, uh, talk to us now about, so you're, you're a, you're a new company. I mean, you're, you're 
couple years old. Um, talk to us about some of the the challenges that you have faced starting a new company right from the day one. You you open up your doors and then it just goes how? Well, you, first off, you got to get your trucks. So there's the investment in that. You've got to get all your stuff set up. So there's a challenge and that's quite time consuming. Um, you know, I did it in a way I was working up, uh, up north in Northern Alberta doing fly in, fly out week on week off at the gas plant. So on my weeks off, I would be working on building the company. So that way we had the revenue coming in, um, as well as, you know, the, you got to get that phone ringing. So you got to get the marketing out there. You've got to talk to people, you've got to build relationships and, and to do that. First, you got to make sure your pricing structure is right too. Because if you're undercharging, or that's going to kill you. If you're overcharging, well, you're not going to get the jobs. Um, especially when you're newer, it's uh, I find now that we're getting uh, more of a buildup of reviews and stuff on Google, which is really important. Uh, we're we're able to sell us ourselves as a you know a high end company. But at the beginning days, people are like, well, you just started. How do I know you're a high end company? You know, you've only got two Google reviews kind of things. So you've got to, you've got to find that balance to get, to get going. So, so part of your, um, part of your bio that I, that I was reading, you are a firm believer in, uh, in systems and in processes. And as you're mm -hmm. going through your learning curve, uh, you know, with, with a brand new company, you talk a little bit about you, your firm belief in, in setting up processes so you could spend more time uh, on, in your business instead of on your business, or is it vice versa, on your business instead of in your business, however, however people feel that, that they feel is most beneficial. Uh, you know, there's the, the old saying, you know, you got to spend more time in your business and not, or on your business, not in your business. But you, you said to me that you really are a firm believer in processes. Talk a little bit about that, how you, how you decided uh, to do this, what made like what made you decide on which types of processes? I mean, obviously, you were trying to make an improvement in certain areas of your organization. So, what was the what was the kind of the step by step decision making that you were facing to to start setting up these processes? And then, how did it work for you? Well, it's 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 a work in progress. It's to set up all these different systems is is quite difficult. You know, when I when I had my entrepreneurial seizure per se. Um, I was actually driving around, uh, working for a company, working on refrigeration food equipment. So I was all over, I was driving more than I was working a day. So I was listening to the E-Myth Revisited, uh, on audiobook, And that really, you know, helped me, uh, that was a good base for me to start growing my positions off of. Cause when you start the business, you got to work in it, but then you don't have the time to build these systems and get your system, your company working efficiently, which we found. Uh, leaving our technicians to their own devices and um, and not focusing on on guiding them, just even though we had the revenue was just eating all of the profits. So to to get to that point where you're not just hammering every day, just phone got two phones in your hand ringing off all day long, uh, you've got to start working on on a plan to hire staff and systems to implement them in so that they can do the job that you are doing. And uh, even more efficiently so, because it's the only one they're doing. And then you can start increasing that efficiency and holding those profits instead of them just going to your guys who are wasting time doing their own thing.
Can you can you give an example? Uh, you you said that you know you were leaving your your guys to their own devices, and that was costing you a lot of money. What do you mean by that? How did how did you discover that, and what did you do to fix it? If you don't mind giving just this one example, because you talk about processes, and you 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 said you're very excited that they really helped you. They've helped you become more profitable, more streamlined. But just give one example, if you're if you could. You know, you it, what was it that you noticed that was eating up your your profit and how did you fix that? And then the second part of that question, how were they receptive to some of the changes you wanted to implement? Well, um, I guess there's a lot of different levels. There's a lot of different systems to help a lot of different issues. But the first one that really came to mind for us was these guys are going to the suppliers and they're spending an hour in the morning there. So they're not getting to their jobs till 10, 10, 30, sometimes 11 if the supplier was slow enough or, or whatever, or we had enough, uh, we had a lot of troubles finding equipment over COVID. So you'd have to put multiple suppliers instead of just the one to get all your pieces for an installation. And, uh, it was, we were, okay, we're wasting tons of time here. So we have to get this more efficient. We have to come up with an inventory system and, and, uh, pre-prepping the job system so that the guys can pull up, load the trucks up and get out of here in the morning and start their job. Cause if they're doing all of that, well, your jobs are not hitting 10, 12, sometimes 20 hours if uh, they've got to make enough supplier runs and leaving it up to them to figure out what materials they're going to need and plan that job properly. They were forgetting stuff all the time. And that was just eaten. So what did what did you do to to fix that? I mean, just give one example. You if they were if they were going out and spending a ton of time in a distributor, I'm assuming when you say a supplier, a distributor, uh, you know, warehouse or counter. Um, what, what did you do to fix that instead of making all those runs and standing there waiting for the, you know, the supplier to load their truck or whatever it is they had to do? What was one thing you did to make that less of a, less of a pain point? Well, uh, I invested a fair chunk of change into loading up our shop with equipment, ACs, furnaces, and all of the, you know, let's use AC, for example, the line sets, disconnects, whips, all the stuff, breakers that they're going to need. So they come here, it's all prepackaged nicely for them, and they just pick it up and go. And as well as I've, uh, this is more recent, because we've still found it's a little bit of a problem with that. So I'm getting my lead installer to go straight to site. And then I'm having someone at the shop to help the helper load up so that they can plan out the job first thing in the morning and then report to the helper if they need anything else before they come to the job site. Now, that's got to be just one of the things that all new contractors will face, correct? I mean, when you first start, mm-hmm. you don't have all the inventory. You don't have a big warehouse full of all your own equipment. So that is something that you just have to deal with. But you recognized sooner than later that you had to fix that if you wanted to be more efficient, more profitable. That's a really a great piece of advice. I, I appreciate that. Um Anything else that you can offer? Like Again, the main reason for these conversations is to have folks like you who are successful, intelligent, you got, you, you got this wisdom under your belt already after just a few years of ownership, but you're doing, you're doing the right things. We'd like for you, if you can, to give just some parting advice to the, to the people watching this interview, anything at all, whether it's, you know, advice on what to, what to watch, what to do, who to call, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
different different programs to attend, different training programs that they can get involved in, anything at all. I just want to give you kind of a, a, a parting uh, word in terms of advice. Well, the uh, I guess the best advice I could give is uh, I like to call them our handlers. You know, your EGIA person you can send uh, questions to and they build you the roadmaps. Those are great. Use those to train your people. It's going to save you a lot of time. Uh, especially in the early days to focus on building systems and systems. There's a million of them that you got to do. So what order are you going to do those in? You know, it's good to uh, read books and, and see what uh, have some guides and some direction in that it's just too much to do on your own. So, you know, I read uh, Stephen R. Covey's uh, seven habits book was, which was fantastic. That helped me with creating relationships with my crew and my people as well as in my home life. But, um, and then I went on to read uh, uh, the E-Myth again, but the HVAC contractor specific one, which really lays out as kind of a schedule of what are the most important systems to handle and in what order. And that really helped me out with, okay, well, do I focus on this first or do I focus on that? There's only so much time in the day and my phone's ringing off the hook. I'm running a business. So I've really got to streamline my processes as well. Uh, that's, uh, that's awesome. I appreciate that. And the ebook is, or the e-myth is a really a great book and it helps you to prioritize. It really does help you to kind of set things up so that you can, you can stay focused on those priorities. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. Good, good stuff. Hey, uh, almost Scott- use it more as a guide than a book. Well, absolutely. I mean, most most business books, if you if you really read them a couple of times, they do become kind of a guide. You carry certain ones around with you and you open up to a a page that you've saved just to kind of remind you of how to do a certain thing. You know, these are experts who have done it a long time. And I I would I would my my bit of advice is to read like you've got an hour to live. I mean, the more you the more you can read, the more you can absorb uh, from other experts, you know, I always say this, our construction's never finished. We're not the smartest people in the room. We, No matter how old we get, and believe me, I'm getting very old, no matter how old we get, we can always learn something from somebody else. We don't know it all. And if we're willing to do that, go to the different conventions, go to the different training programs, read the books, uh, and listen to folks like you, uh, then, then everybody is going to do just fine as long as they take the advice. But Scott, really, uh, congratulations on your success and uh, appreciate you spending time. Anything else you want to add? You know, I heard, uh, well, thank you, Scott. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I heard a quote and um, it was from the the lovely Donald Trump, but it was um, <laughs> that, you know, in business, it gets hard. And he's seen so many people with brilliant minds fail uh, because they gave up. They quit too early. Stay at it. Don't get overwhelmed and just have a plan that's going to keep you on track. Because in business, you know, you're not going through a concrete wall. So don't just hammer through with focus, but you do have to be flexible and weave and bob. So you got to um, just make sure that you're you're staying on top of that and keeping a good all around picture of your business and not focusing too hard on something that's going to end up hurting you. Great advice. Great advice. And, you know, sometimes it feels overwhelming, especially when you're starting off. Uh, you know, you just you're trying to figure out how are you possibly going to manage 
these people, these hours, these customers, you don't, you don't feel like you have enough hours in a day. And I always say, uh, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? So just, you know, take it one step at a time and make sure you're doing all the things that you committed to. Cause a lot of times, like you said, you've got to stay focused. You got to stick with it. People give up, but a lot of times people will, give up on the process and try to take a shortcut because they are feeling overwhelmed. But I would, I would back up what you just said and, and say, stick with your original plan, stick with it. You obviously have to make adjustments from time to time, but stick with the plan, stick with the process. It'll all work out in the end. Scott, this was awesome. I really appreciate you being here. Thanks again. And uh, I hope to see you again sometime real soon. It's my pleasure. And the same, Scott. All right. Hey, don't go away. I'm going to sign us off, but I'm going to come back to you. So uh, I'll be right back with you. All right. Well, my friends, there you have it. That's a wrap. Another episode of Cracking the Code, the official interview series of Contractor University, powered by EGIA. I'm your host, Scott Deming, and we were chatting today with Scott Steyer from Trademasters Mechanical. What a great guy. And he had some really, really good advice, especially for people just starting off, as he is a fairly new business owner himself. So thank you again to Scott Steyer. Thank you for watching. Until next time, I'm Scott Deming. Bye-bye. Awesome content from Scott right there, as always. Now, if you like this episode, please share it on Facebook. And if you want to unlock more premium training content to take your company to the next level, click the link in the Facebook post for a free 30-day trial. Well, that's it for now, folks. We'll see you next week. Until then, bye-bye for now.